I'm, I'm really psyched to be talking with you right now. We clicked last night, I think, for the first time. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And I, I, I was really resonating what, with what you were saying on a number of different points. It, it just as a free thinking, open minded human. Right. Right. Just on right. that. Just on that level. Ditto. So so maybe let's introduce ourselves. Like, who are you? Like, uh, you know, tell tell people who you are, what you do. You know what I mean? Yeah. All right. I'm Freedom Rain. Um, as it relates to this talk, I've been teaching for seven years in the public and charter school system. Before that, I was doing after school programming, always working with youth, giving uh, kids who are on probation their first chance at an internship and job. Working young, uh, working with younger students, being mentors, working in music studios, technology labs, creating digital art, uh, things that are central to their passion. I never really planned to be a teacher, but coming through as when I was 19, I started doing volunteer gigs at a music studio slash after school program. And one thing led to another doing uh, summer camps. And so unwittingly, I've been in the education field for about 10 years total now, <laughs> feeling like an OG. Um, And just as far as my political views, um, I call myself the destroyer of narratives. I think when you look at the left and right paradigm, they're fused with so many narratives that are just baked in that often pit people against each other. So I'm down to always dissect that and be a free critical thinker in between the two paradigms. So that's that kind of sums me up. What about you? Dude. Oh, my God. I love it. So right out the gates, we have multiple commonalities. Like, and, and, you know, and I knew it as soon as we chimed in yesterday, I knew it. I'm like, wow, this guy is, this guy is part of my tribe. Right. Right. Um, so music has always been the thing that moved me the most. Right. I'm a, I'm a freedom fighter. I'm down for the 99%, not down with the 1%, not even just talking politically. I don't like how our society has become all monopolies. right? Right. Like. Are you kidding me? Google controls 90% of information. Facebook controls the other 10%. Like, this is bullshit. All of this our is crazy. media is owned by six conglomerates. All these networks really are just Thank you. six conglomerates. Yep, you're right. Thank you. So you know the factoids. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And what he said is absolutely true. Google it. Six uh, companies. And, and well, not just, not just TV stations, bro. TV, radio, billboards. Yep. Clear, and newspapers yeah. clear channel the um the uh, clear channel is rooters absolutely mm-hmm. clear channel is the worst of the worst right? right um and rupert murdoch this one guy in australia who's a gazillionaire he's an oligarch right he owns i don't know 274 different newspapers just <laughs> and and, and- and he's not non-biased. We know exactly what Rupert Murdoch thinks. We know the statements he gives to his, the heads of his, nudie, his news companies. And on the other side, you'll have someone like George Soros. And so Rupert Murdoch plays to the really conservative, um, Thank you. really traditional nationalist type people. And he uses the common, uh, the common struggle that we all have, but he paints it in a way as to put people on one side. And then we know George Soros 
heavily echoes kind of the liberal side. And these two are people who sit at the same table. You know, they toast together. Yet, if you watch their networks, they pit people against each other in such harshness that you would think that they'd be enemies. But they're just playing the game together like a lot of these elites are, using us as the masquerade, you know, to separate, divide and conquer. I couldn't even I couldn't have said that better <clears throat> because people are like, oh, I'm Joe Biden, I'm not going to vote for a pedophile. Oh, so you're going to vote for for Trump, who's a pedophile? <laughs> it's on record. It This is on record that Trump and Epstein were arguing over who was going to take a 13 year old girl's virginity. And wow. Epstein won. So he raped her. But Trump was on deck. Trump and uh, Epstein have a lot of pictures together. And one of the things I get into is, as I'm, you know, the destroyer of narratives is just like you said about Joe Biden and the Democrats. There's some people that can believe that the Democrats are the lesser of two evils. They stand for Fuck people's no. liberties. They stand for this. Hell and, that. No. and I'm like, I wanted to joke. believe that for 50 years. Right. And then on for, the other I'm, side of that. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. Ahead. You go ahead. Yeah. Well, on the other side of that, uh, there's you know, they're painting Trump as this ultimate Hitler figure, right? And if you really look through it, Hitler, I mean, uh, Trump isn't worse than any other president. Like, that's what the Democrats want you to believe. But at the same time, we're hit with this. On the other side of that, there's this Trump saviorism. Like, he's just um, an outsider to the deep state. Like, he's innocent, and he's working for the greatest interests of people and God. And that's, of course, that's bullshit, too. You got to be able that's to even both sides of the narrative. That's even more bullshit, because what is the guy? <laughs> he's a scammer businessman who has filed bankruptcy four times. So he's not even a good businessman. I'm talking about Trump. right? I'm not a Biden fan. Let me just say that. I, I can't stand brain dead Biden. <laughs> you know, you know the thing. You know you, the you, thing. You know the thing. Right. <laughs> like, dude, no, you tell me the thing. Otherwise, shut up. Go away. You're done. Like what? He said that in public, dude, and he's still got a job. You couldn't do that. I couldn't do that. That's a miracle. But then again, it's like, right. It's like George Bush, though. I remember before Joe Biden, George Bush was the official dumb president, right? Like he could get on the mic, stutter over his words, say the most absolute ridiculous thing to the point where people were speculating if he had the intelligence of a fifth grader. But to me, that's a ruse because... We know that behind the scenes, the president isn't the ultimate point of power. And like the deep state no. theory shows us is that there's so many people in the government and so many institutions that go on unchanged no matter who you vote for. So sometimes like it's funny, like when Joe Biden is tripping upstairs and when Biden is slipping down uh, uh, walkways, it's funny to a certain degree. But I think a lot of us can get too focused on. Um, the personalities and the quirks of these presidents, and it makes us distracted when really that that's not where the power lies. That's not where even the discussion should be. I don't give a fuck Thank how you. Seen, you know how senile Biden is. When people were, were not wanting to vote for Obama because of cultural issues, they were ready to put in Joe um, John McCain, who was old as hell. But now all of a sudden, that Biden's old ass is in. They act like they'd never put what a hold. As bad as people think Trump is, and, and I mean, I could, he's a reality show host. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Come on. So as bad as you think this guy is, as far as like, rah, 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 George Bush. George, George w. Bush started, yeah. started the war in Iraq. Yeah. He started the war in Afghanistan. Right. He, 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 he started he the Patriots wrote- Act. The Patriot Act, the Homeland Security Department. Mm-hmm. Um, he, ex- 
he expanded the NSA and the Republican government is supposed to be about smaller government. Right. George Bush tripled the size of the government. Sure. Tripled it. If you look at his campaigns, uh, his campaign ads, he was talking about no nation building, small government, all this. But under the guise of a crisis, you get to pretty much expand the powers any way you want. And we saw that with 9-11. We've seen that with COVID. You know, it's it's about expanding the powers of the government over the reach of the people. Absolutely. And I don't want to go too deep into it. um, But but (laughs) you know what? I would actually like you to join the panel. On 9-11, I'm going to do a conversation about 9-11, and I would love you to be on the panel. There's three of us so far, and I I would like you to join that. I Um, love that. But I don't want to go into that because that's getting deep in the woods. That's a whole nother show. A whole nother show, and even COVID. Like I I come on here saying to myself, I don't want to talk about COVID, but we always get into it because it's on the people's minds, you know, and people want to know and have honest conversations. But, yeah, I I definitely love to. And we could do that another time, (laughs) but we're not going to get deep in the woods with COVID tonight because we're talking about education and how we got to reform education system. And we're getting there, people. Be patient. Be patient, people. We're getting there. But, um, you know, I just wanted to say that everything started, no matter what you believe, I'm not telling anybody what to believe. I don't try to tell people what to think. Mm -hmm. I just tell people I want you to think. Yeah. Just, just think, question everybody, think for yourself, you know, question yourself too. Mm -hmm. And, and yeah. And question yourself all the time. Like, am Mm -hmm. I, am I tripping? Right. A lot of times I am. It's and fair. That's a fair me, thought process. Me. A lot of times I am. So, you know, I'm not saying I got things figured out. No, no, no. It's not like that. I'm just saying, here's a process. And man, and I've figured a couple, few things out. So I want to share whatever I have figured out. But mm-hmm. for the most part, I'm flying by the seat of my pants and trying to figure <laughs> it out. Figure it right? out. That's what life yeah, is. As I go. Yeah. Um, but everything started on that one day, bro. Right? Man. That one day, nine eleven. Right? Man. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, our world changed. Right? Yeah. That one day. So, I can't wait to get on that talk. Definitely, definitely. And real quick, uh, Big Boy might still be coming in. Shout out to Blizak Blizau, to Maxbox Humana, to Light, to Little Dis. What is this, Little? Little Dicks Matter, and shout out to Marlboro De- uh, Deads. Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's listen to right, the people, and then let's get into it. Right. Let's go. Good. Hello, hello. Shout out to the panel, Freedom hello. and Dave. I hope y'all are having a wonderful show. I'm just stopping by showing some support. Bye. Appreciate you. Thank you so much. Love you, Goddess. Thank right. you for your attention you could be anywhere right now right but you're hanging here that's an honor that's an honor absolutely marbolo they're they're putting chemicals on the the water they're making the freaking frogs gay i get all my uh, news from my reliable source my uncle in arkansas alex jones good impersonation his voice has gotten raspier over the years. <laughs> that was great. Yeah, <laughs> that was great. I don't know if it's like smoking speed off light bulbs or like what's making the voice harsh, but yeah, it's that megaphone. He's always yelling in the megaphone for the last twenty well, years, bro. Damn. You you know what'll make your voice harsh is yelling. Exactly. Everybody just <laughs> chill out. Can we just chill talk? Can we talk. just talk? Let's just talk. Let's, let's talk about it. Trans- Nobody needs to see y'all. Right. 
Transcendent, talk to us. Uh-oh. How do we do reform without data? Hmm. And how do we know that the data that we collect will be accurate? Mm -hmm. And how do you make changes without data? Mm. Let me know. Great question. Great question. We're definitely going to, that'll, that'll be the first thing we address. We're going to get through these last ditties, frame the conversation. And then that's a great point to start with. Excellent. Marlboro. These, these goddamn Democrats that they, they just want to have sex with China. They were just like, you know, here's China's dick. Here's them jerking it off. Like, oh yeah. Uh, hit me with a load of communism right in my fucking face. I say, God damn it, my wife's an assault rifle. I'm going to shoot the, these goddamn Democrats with my wife. Infowars. Infowars. Okay. My fellow Americans, is your 44th president of Barack Obama. Well, say me and Michelle, we really love your stream. You know, uh, it's something I think everybody can enjoy. So keep at it and uh, keep the American spirit. Appreciate you, bro. Do a Trump next. Oh, my God. Marlboro, that was actually really good. You, he you got oh, I, Obama, Alex Jones. Did he did he nail Obama right there? He nailed it, man. And I think Alex Jones, when you look at his his body of work, we see that he was very much he was throwing Democrats and Republicans under the bus. He was talking about the Bohemian Grove. He had pictures of Reagan. Oh. He had. Oh, Clintons. you did not. Oh, and you did not. All of a sudden, when Trump gets in office. When, Wait, when Trump said, gets in the office, he's strictly against the Democrats. Like he changed his tune. He did. I'm not feeling like that. he he got paid. He got paid, right? He got paid, and he got scared right. by that court case. Like we can but, ban. But you let's on roll all. it. Let's yeah, roll it back yeah. a little bit. You mentioned Bohemian Club. Yeah, dude, I worked there. I think I heard you on a talk a minute ago talking about how you worked there and how. Um, yeah. Yeah, you, you uh you saw some you saw some high class motherfuckers rolling in there, and you worked in the uh was it the food or the reception? Where, where did you work in the front, right? I was the security guard at the club oh, in San Francisco, shit. so I had key I had keys to everything, access to everything. I I would open the joint and I would mm. close the joint. I would oh, open it at yeah. six in the morning and I would close it at two a.m. depending on what shift I had. Right, um, had keys to every single room. And then they asked me after working there two years, they asked me to go work up at the Grove. I had no idea what it was. I was 24. I wasn't political at all. I was just partying my ass off living in San Francisco. Just fucking yeah. whoop, whoop, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, just living the life, dog. And so I'm like, hell yeah, go live in a Redwood forest for two months and get paid. Mm. Fuck, sign me up. Yeah. Um, the only person that I know that I met was uh, John Wayne's son, but I met George Bush Sr. I met his butler, and this was the coolest motherfucker, one of the coolest motherfuckers I've ever <laughs> met in my life. That's crazy. He called That's... raccoons a raccoon. There's a raccoon up in there. And uh, <laughs> he was from Louisiana, right? Cool yeah. motherfucker. But, dude, I don't know how I met I don't know how I stumbled upon the guy but we we clicked right away he's like hey man all the guys are going to be gone at about six o'clock come on up for some drinks i went up to george bush's camp and his butler was fucking getting me drunk on george bush's booze ah, that's that's some that's some putting my life in a movie shit that's a so I, that's i basically that's stole from george bush 
power right. to you, bro. All of you, Can you, you believe you that? But I didn't even know what it was at the time. I mean, I'm like, oh my God, I'm in George Bush's camp. But I wasn't, I didn't know about the New World Order. I didn't know about the 1%. You were smuggling but, kids down there. You knew about the tunnel. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, yeah, exactly. I, I was bringing them from Guatemala. But you know, do you know what I witnessed, bro? What? And this is a whole side tangent that we could do a whole nother show about this. I witnessed the cremation of care, the satanic. Oh. Sacrifice yeah. ceremony with the giant right? Molex statue. Yes, it's a thirty-foot owl, and, and in front of it is like an Aztec sacrifice stone. You know, it's like a, yeah. a waist height. Uh, you know, big enough to put a fucking person on. And what? And, and so this is crazy. Like I was told, I would be fired if I left my cabin after sundown. But mm. I'm like, fuck, how could you not? Are you kidding? And I'm 24, right? So I'm like, fuck you, right? Rules? What? Huh? And, and you're uh, drunk off the president's booze. And I'm drunk off the president's <laughs> booze. And and all the kitchen all the kitchen help had to stay in like dormitories. Like they had like a low income housing project for kitchen help. Like straight up mm. looked like a project. Built like a project. What? Right? And and they would have keg parties and shit. Right? And yeah. uh so I fucking so I would sneak over there and that's where the chicks were, right? So I'm like fucking twenty four year old dude, right? Like I'm not gonna <laughs> sit in this cabin by myself. You know, that, you know, that got old real quick. Right. So yep. I'm like fucking, you know, so I was on, I got, come on, 24. What are you going to do? Dude, I'm not saying, it was, I'm not saying it was right. I'm just saying it happened. Um, so I'm over there like mixing up with keg parties, walking around, seeing the shit. And then I realized like, you know, nobody cares if I walk around. Like if you just act like you own the joint, like, have you ever yeah. snuck into a club? I actually have. So there you go. If you act like you own the joint, nobody looks at you. You look like you belong. Yep. <laughs> you, look, you just got to think, hey, I belong here. No, I, no, I got a ticket right in my pocket. You got to have that mindset. I got a ticket right in my pocket. Right. And, and you just got to believe nobody's going to fuck with you. And, and I did that. And I went and I watched this sacrifice, bro. Like crazy. It was they an call effigy. It a, R is real. They call it an effigy. But these are the most powerful people in the world. Do you think it's an effigy? 30,000 killed children uh, disappear in California every year. California alone. Do you really think it's an effigy? Right. Do right. You? Would it really, would it be a powerful ceremony if it was an effigy? Mm. Hell no. Then they're probably going and drinking their adrenochrome, right? Right. And at this time, I remember uh, when George... Uh, 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 Bill Clinton was heckled by a crowd member who asked him about the Bohemian Grove, and he was slick with his answer. He was like, "Oh, isn't that where those rich Republicans run around in the wood neck, run around in the woods naked?" And he's downplaying the fact that Democrats were there too. So this oh, is no. exactly what we see in politics today. Oh, is the head when, of B of A, the, you know, like oh, okay, man. so 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 check this out. Yeah, exactly. Like, did you know that the plans for the atom bomb were finalized at the Bohemian Grove? And that it is pro it's protected airspace. If you tried to fly oh, a plane over there, you yeah. would be shot, shot down. down. No questions asked. They wouldn't trail you. They wouldn't track you. Just done. Done. Yeah. You're fucking done because the richest people in the world are here. Like the head of B of A, right? He can't right. go camping because people are going to assassinate him because right. they hate him, right? <laughs> so. Where can they go? They can go to this one place or you know, probably they probably got a bunch of places like this all around the world. But this one, dude, it's I live 30 miles away from here, from there. 
it's right it's i'm pointing at it it's right there it's right there (laughs) right under our nose right under our nose they do it every year a good friend of mine yeah his his grandmother ran a whorehouse that catered to that grove to the bohemian grove right and the thing that a lot of people don't realize is when you're in though in that kind of company that's where a lot of these blackmail pictures come from. If there's children or women that are, are funneled there for um, sex trafficking and you're getting pictures taken so that like Matt you think Gates, you're partying with somebody. Exactly. But really, it's it's all about the blackmail. Set let's up. hit a couple of more of these ditties and then let's get into let's the do topic, it. my dude. All yeah. right, let's go. Marlboro. Let's go. Like, oh, my God. You're really good. Like you sound like kind of like the third grade teacher is like, you're just going to end up being an alcoholic construction worker. Well, you know, that was a pretty fucking well, lucky me. guess, lady. So yeah. fuck you. Right. Lucky no. guess, wasn't it? No, he's the, he's the teacher. I'm the construction worker. Let's get that straight right out the Let's, gate. Oh. <laughs> John, hit us. I still I can't. I I second what he said. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> right. Okay, people. So check this out real quick. Uh, Dave invited me to this talk. We're talking about education reform and the ways that the system is broken and how it's starting to produce some of the uh, societal discourse and or the social economic class wealth gap that we see. And his tagline says, the U.S. education system is broken. But one quote I heard a lot about, and I'll preface it with this, Dave, and ask you what you think of it. This system is not broken. The education system is not broken. It's doing exactly what it was designed to do. What do you think about that? Well, you nailed it. It's des- it's doing what it was designed to do. But what I meant by broken is that it's a triangle trying to fit into a square hole. Mm. Right. Because we're telling people, oh, raise your, you know, fucking pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Well, mm. Give me some fucking bootstraps. Give right? me some boots. Um, <laughs> now, exactly. Can I? Well, first of all, can I have some boots? Right. Because my feet okay. are killing me. And then, right. hey, how about how about a strap or two? Because then I could actually. Yeah. Then, the, you know. Now we're talking. Right. Um, so. I mean, there's so many levels that you could take this. Let me start with my own current environment right um i live in santa rosa california in 2017 there was a fire caused by pg and e and it burned it burned five thousand houses down and i had to evacuate at 3 30 in the morning and Uh the flames were four blocks from my house right so i put everything i own i got i had a shitty little work 1994 work truck right so i fucking loaded as much shit in that as i could Drove mm-hmm. that, park, parked that under somebody's, like, uh, under, like, a uh, the ice skating rink has a uh, solar panel array in their parking lot. So, I'm, I'm like, oh, this is as protected as you're going to get. Right. Leave my truck there. Then I fucking jog home and start loading shit into my car, right? My cat, my, every, you know, um, you know, and I, and I can't even describe the shock, the level of shock, but, uh. Could you I don't want yeah, to get too far into the woods there, but I just want to tell people like you, you, people will ask you, like, if you got five minutes to leave your house, what are you going to grab? You right. can't think in that moment. You can't. You know what I did? I grabbed my toothbrush, just my toothbrush, and I walked it out to my car and I set that on the passenger seat of my car. Then I went back in. I grabbed the toothpaste. 
I said that on the passenger seat. Of my you know, you can one... carry more than a toothbrush in one trip. No, I'm just no, but I, I, exactly. But that's how like in shock that mindset, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so people ask you that question, like, what would you grab? That is such a bogus question because unless you have a go bag, Which you're going to be, a, mm-hmm. you're going to be a mess. You're going to be a mess. Like I'm pretty good. Right. And I'm good under stress. But dude, I was a mess. 3.30 in the morning, my neighbor comes knocking on my door. Bam, 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 bam. Like, what? And, and I, I open the door. And from ear to ear is nothing but like red and black. Just like everything's on fire from a ear glow. to ear. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, oh, fuck. And it's right there. Like, oh, fuck. That's not far away. Like, it looked like it was eight blocks away. Um. So I fucking load up all my shit, drive up on this overpass, bro. And I watched a gun store burn. Oh, fireworks. And all the ammunition went off. And I'm hiding, right? And this one guy who knows way more about guns than I did, obviously, he's like, dude, no, don't, don't worry. The bullets aren't going to fly because they don't have any resistance, right? They're not in a, there's no barrel to provide resistance for the bullet. So it just goes off like a firecracker. Um, so I was like, oh, thank you. But like every news station was there and I got some epic fucking footage of it, but uh, it was freaky. It was the apocalypse, right? Like shotgun shells, 357, 22, every different shell you can imagine in a fucking gun store. All as the whole as the whole world is burning, like Kmart's on fire. While you're wrestling your shit into the... The Hyatt Regency is on fire, bro. The Mobile Home Park is on fire. McDonald's is on fire. Um, Oh, dude. Yeah, it was was the apocalypse. Real quick, can I say on that is that I was out here in California, too, and I remember the sky, the entire sky, including the sun, was red, red, orange, and the clouds, you couldn't tell the difference between clouds and smoke. The air quality right. was so bad. And the cold part about it is when those fools a couple years ago had a gender reveal party <clears throat> and set a oh fire and, and burns, uh, started a fire that burned a lot of acres, we all jumped on their heads, right? Oh, they need to go to jail. They need to, and sure, it was a stupid thing, but the cold part about it, as you know, is that PG&E has a monopoly on our power and electric gas, right? They have a monopoly on this shit. And then we found out that that fire was started by neglect. They neglected those transformers for years and years, knowing that they needed to be uh, repaired. So just like BP oil, when they spilled all that oil in the ocean, it's like, how do we hold these too big to fail entities who have the corporate support and sponsorship and are lobbying and are donating to politicians? How do we hold them accountable if they're our only alternative for power? So it just... That fire and just like the BP oil spill, it highlights the ails of capitalism. There's so many great things about a free market, but when we talk about the corporatocracy coming through the guise of capitalism, it's just a tragedy that they pretty much burned down half of California. It fueled homelessness and gentrification in so many areas. Homelessness stealing business. Stealing business. And and they don't get any any kind of taps on the wrist. They don't get any kind of reform. They don't get um, oversight. They don't, you know, we don't divvy up and they don't have to pay us. In fact, what they started doing in to protect us from them in California is they started having these things called rolling blackouts where when it was hot, they would intentionally turn the power off 
for in, in large cities, large parts of the cities. But then again, I'm still paying my electric bill. So really, you're making the same amount of money for not giving me power because you fucked up. Like, it makes mom, no sense. My mom lives in a low-income senior housing thing. They just did a rolling blackout and turned her power off when I was there yesterday, bro. It's crazy. It ruins the food what? in your fridge. All, all, all of a sudden, this thing rolls down and brr, bam, you can't use the elevator. You're like, what the fuck? For 15 minutes, I'm like, wow. I'm, my mom's freaking out. I'm like, oh, well, let, let me figure out what's going on. I'll figure it out. Like, what the? F-? And then 15 minutes later, boom, comes right. back on. Like, come on, tell me they're right. not just fucking with us. But, just fucking with us. Exactly. So the rolling blackouts, dude, that's that's bogus. And, and what, what's been proven, like, you nailed it. They reduced maintenance. And they mm-hmm. paid off shareholders mm-hmm. instead. And this directly leads to our conversation about, about education, because we're talking about money controlling everything. So yes. this directly, directly leads to it. This is a great lead in. So uh, I, I've watched this. Uh, there's a fantastic expose that Channel mm. 10 ABC News did out of Sacramento. This one reporter took it on himself to take on PG&E, and he's a real journalist. <laughs> yes, thank you. And he's up to like maybe eight, uh, eleven episodes against wow. PG&E, right? And yeah. it, it's brilliant. It's called Fire Power Money. Ooh, ABC I'm, Ten, and you can find it on YouTube for free. Fire Power Money Fire on YouTube. Money. Okay. Yeah, right. it, it it will fire you up. No pun intended. But what PG&E did, it, what he exposed, PG&E neglected their, their, the things mm-hmm. that hold the wires up mm-hmm. were put in in 1943. <laughs> and there's pictures of them. They're totally worn out. To, but PG&E adopted this policy of don't replace shit until it breaks. Because wow. why? more profitable uh, absolutely. so what so what happened they paid out a billion dollars to shareholders the largest shareholder payout in history then the 2017 fire happened mm. and they were fucking responsible for it for neglected fucking maintenance right now two of my friends are tree trimmers right i lived in san francisco for 20 years if a if a tree comes anywhere close to your house you call fucking you call a PG&E, you're like, hey, there's a fucking tree. Boom. Within 24 hours, they would have a fucking truck there. Davy Tree was the, was the company that had the contract. Mm. So Davy Tree would show up, cut your shit, make it safe. Boom. Dude, I've lived in this county, Santa Rosa, that burned uh, mm. for five years. I've never seen trucks just trimming trees away from right. They They're like care. right up on them. They don't give yeah. a fuck. Because it's going to make them money in the end, and it's not going to harm them. Sometimes, and what I'll, can you do? What can, what you, can do? you do? You They're can't a monopoly. Do you can't. They're a monopoly. No alternative. They own the power lines, the gas lines. So it's not like you can just say, "Oh, I'm going to support your there's competition." N- there's there no other no company. Exactly. And, and the governor made it that way. I don't yeah. want the recall, but I do want to vote Gavin out in the next election. The recall's yeah. bogus, but vote him out in the next election, right? Yeah. Um, because he sided with PG&E. Right. But this just this is a lead into, you know, money has too too powerful of an interest in our whole system and it affects education more than anything. Say right? It. 
I saw this documentary called Plutocracy with a P, right? Plutocracy. I heard that. Divide, Plutocracy, Divide and Rule. You can find it on YouTube. It's the best, the best documentary I've ever seen in my life. And what it talks about is the creation of racism within the U.S., pitting pitting the working class against each other so that the one person, so that we don't, so we don't charge the castle and kill the 1%, right? Mm-hmm. So better to have you and me fight over some scraps than to talk about why are we only getting scraps. Yep. And right? the two-party system is an extension of that. I hate to say it. Democracy oh, in a lot yeah. of ways works, but you can tell around the Jacksonian, uh, well, when Jacksonian de- democracy and Andrew Jackson was coming into power, this is where they finalized and implemented that system of, look, the American people, obviously, they're starting to get pissed off because the American gentry is selecting the presidents. This is a democracy, but they don't have a vote. So how can we give them the illusion of power? And if you really look into the um, the Andrew Jackson presidency and the campaign for presidency, which was the first populist vote ever held in America, it mirrors the Trump. Uh, it mirrors the Trump campaign so much to the point where it's like these guys are not making new scripts if it ain't broke don't fix it they're running the exact same storyline about uh andrew jackson was a, was respected by the military he was popular people wanted to vote him in because he was an outsider he was the, mm-hmm. a people's man against the gentry um right he got voted in but got cheated out supposedly and he campaigned until it was timing it's like literally the same trump story my wait dude. wait andrew jackson Andrew Jackson. Wasn't he shot? He was shot. He had all the little bells because and whistles. He, he you know why like he was shot? Go ahead. Because he, he went against the Federal Reserve. Right, right. So exactly. And this is played to his outsider, kind of this is an outsider against the system for the people, you know. Um, yeah. And But another thing that came in, which is related all to killed. our talk. Yep. Another thing that comes in is, uh, this. since this was the very first... A politician political campaign that people could vote on we immediately saw the newspapers and media try their new strategy which goes to this day of sensationalism so when andrew jackson is running instead of just talking about policies and what it means for a president blah 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 all the first headlines were about oh uh andrew jackson stole another man's wife his wife eloped with him and can we have somebody like that no it became about attacking personal smears and the sensationalist shit to have people right. focused on the personality just like we were talking about earlier joe biden stuttering in his double neck our, our trump what how orange he is whatever little shit that they can bring up to make us talk fight argue and laugh about is more important than what's actually being voted on and all that Absolutely. started in one campaign just like you said so plutocracy is in full effect and i think people are still trying to wake up out of that speaking as a member of the black community we know that back in the day in the in the 1800s republicans were as you would call the progressives or liberals so to speak you had a lot of right. black the parties did a flip yeah, yeah. It, they had all the black politicians running for them they were supposedly the party that wanted to end slavery and we know that the dicks mm-hmm. not the dixiecrats but the democratic south was very conservative fighting and, against that Fighting against, against and, the end of slavery. Right. And that's why where we saw the birth of this uh, Southern strategy language where you can say something like state rights, um, but secretly appeal to racists who want to keep mm-hmm. slavery because I'm fighting for states' rights. But what the underlying Which sounds is, good. It sounds good. 
But what you're doing is fighting to keep Mississippi able to do what they're doing. Exactly. So, which is some fucking third world bullshit. Exactly. So fifth uh, world a, bullshit. Right. And a lot of black people who are, are still uh, voting Democrat, voting blue just by default, don't really realize you have to look at the 50s and 60s around that time when the party started flipping. You have to look at the civil rights bill and understand that Lyndon B. Johnson, after he got in office, um, he wasn't recording saying this, but it's a pretty popular quote that he is almost confirmed saying. But of course, I haven't heard it, so I can't say it. But he said, I'll have these niggers vote in blue for the next 40 years. And and when you look at the policies that are enacted to really placate and, and try to uh, be a nanny state or look out for black people, um, it just shows that not only everybody's mixed up in this, you know, black people are being uh, tricked and uh uh, coerced into believing that one side has their best interests in mind. When, when we and as you being an Irish um, and I, of having the Irish blood, we you already know about the discrimination that the Irish uh, had in the 1800s and 1700s that they were almost considered oh, yeah. second class citizens too. The Chinese Dude, they exclusion. Were, Go ahead. There was a there was a point, bro, where um, Irish were third class citizens mm. um, when they were laying the railroads. And I learned this recently, right? And, and you know, I, 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 I am, I have, I have no bigoted bone in my body. I hate the one percent and oppression, right? Mm-hmm. I'm a working mm-hmm. fool. Been a working mm-hmm. fool my whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my dad was actually on the three buses of seminary students that went wow. to the fucking Mar- Martin Luther King march in '68. So, like, that is my blood, right? I am a, a warrior for the underdog. Right. Totally, who I am. Um, and I totally just lost my train of thought. God damn it. <laughs> You're a warrior for the underdog, but there uh, we go. Yeah. But I'll, I'll say this and then maybe your thought will come back is we know that after, uh, Bacon's rebellion in the 1600, where you had poor whites, poor indentured servants who were also white. That's part of history that people like to, to phase out is that there are white, um, of course, white Irish. And again, there is no white at this time in the 1600s. You're Irish. No, you're, you're British, an immigrant. You're, you're, you're a piece of shit immigrant. You're, you're German. You, you, you carry your nationality with you black, right. you're African or sons of slaves. But after Bacon's rebellion, you had free blacks and, uh, poor whites banding together. They burned down, the the, the yeah. federal building and they rose up together. So what you're talking about plutocracy is absolutely right. We saw a staunch change in the direction to make sure that blacks and whites never got along again. And absolutely. And I remember where, what I was thinking about. Mm-hmm. So go ahead. Get it. Dur- dur- during the laying of the railroad, right? Yeah. So the Chinese finished the western section of the railroad, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but the What's eastern sorry? section was what's up which is mm-hmm. us right you you mm-hmm. but the eastern <laughs> section was laid by irish dude mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and one irishman would die for every mile of track laid wow. and they used irish people because they were cheaper than an ox and they were mm-hmm. cheaper than a slave mm-hmm. they were disposable yeah. so for mm-hmm. a little for a little window of time Irish people were the shittiest little disposable piece of shits that right. didn't that weren't weren't human, didn't matter. Oh, they're just all drunks. They fight a lot. Like bap to bap to bap, right? Stereotypes, all that. Yeah, <laughs> all that bullshit. Do you know the paddy wagon? I know that. That's phrase. named. That's oh, named okay. after the. It's a. It's slang for Patrick, uh, which is which a is pop- an Irish 
popular Irish, Irish name. Mm-hmm. So they named it the Paddy Wagon. Let's go. Let's go get a bunch of patties. Wow, and and that's so important because I think, especially in 2020, when we see the divide, it, uh, Trump is made supposedly to speak for the poor, hardworking, overlooked white man, right? And even and this is the language he says, even though he says he stands for all Americans, we know that this well, Southern strategy is what he appeals to. But right. what, what that does is it further pits us against each other, because here you have a man in Trump who is a multi-billionaire, whose father was a multi-billionaire, whose grandfather right. was a multi-billionaire in Germany, who came here in the 1800s. This doesn't at all reflect the Irish and the other poor whites and indentured servants in America. Yeah. There's he no bootstraps. Have, there's no bootstraps in his in his uh, in his in his bloodline. In his lineage. No. In his lineage okay. at all. And Silver so, spoon. Exactly. So I think the really important thing why I bring that up is this is where so when we talk about white privilege, the first thing I hear a lot of white people say, which has a lot of validity to it, is hey. I don't have anything for free. I work for what I get. Um, just no, because I'm bullshit. white, I don't get anything for free. And part of that is true. But here's the thing. When we're no. talking about the social economic wage gap that is plaguing America that started in the 1800s till now, which drives a lot of these inequities, you have to look at that time where, just like you were saying, the plutocracy came into came into the forefront is like, look, we can't have these poor working class people come together. Look what happened with Bacon's Rebellion. So they formulated right. these things which became known as white privilege laws, whereas the white man could vote, not yet women, um, and definitely not black folks, but um, the white man can vote, the white man can own property, the white man can uh, have special property taxes that allow him to get loans. All these things started coming into play, right? And yeah. this... This wasn't for white people's benefit. It was not. What this was was to get them to buy into the white identity. And then you had things like blackface parties where they would it would try to entice people to hate, to tease and to put themselves on a class above white people. So even though yep. just like when you have black people getting things like welfare, you think that the government is giving you welfare to help you. They are absolutely not. And so that was the white man's version of welfare in those days. And um, and of course, I forgot the law, of course, that blacks and whites couldn't marry whatever we could do to. To po with policy and law, drive other these people than, against each other, you know, and to make them other than right, exactly. as opposed to like, hey, wait, we're both fucking working class stiffs, man. We just want right. to fucking we just want to work all day and then have a couple beers to ease the pain in our back. Right. Have a good night's rest. Get a yeah. good meal, get up and do her again, maybe which fall in we, love if we're lucky. <laughs> yeah, you know? exactly. The common which is the commonality that we share. And um and the reason I brought this up in relation to the education system, which we're talking about today, and education reform and the education system being broken for people, but being but doing exactly what it was designed to do by the elites is in the yeah. 1800s, you know, names like the Rockefeller come up when they're creating the American public school system that was based off of the Prussian model, which was very oriented, like, uh, as, as I think you mentioned in the other talk, by coal companies and other companies who needed workers. And so the, it was made to train factory workers. Exactly. As George Carlin said, to train people who were just smart enough to push the button, but not smart enough to ask questions. 
Um, yep. And so why am see, I pushing the button? Shut up. Bam. Exactly. Which is why back in those days, students would raise their hand, ask questions. If you got out of line, you get that ruler smacked to the hand. They stopped doing that in the 60s in my grandmother's class. But she was telling oh, us dude. about that. Like they would smack the shit out of you in school teachers. And it was perfectly legal and encouraged. So we know that the education system was designed by the elites for poor people to be free. But it was also made from books. Oh, textbooks were written by them so the companies oh my god go ahead write the textbooks right so they control the even you know a teacher can't choose a textbook right right yeah it's, it's you it's, could yeah it's you can choose between a selection it's a pre-chosen yep. selection that you can choose within right exactly absolutely and in the late 1800s the public school system which was designed by names that we know like Rockefeller and other elites was made compulsory, which means for the first time, if you don't send your kid to the public school, you can get arrested. Like you have to send your kid to this. And we so we see Kamala Harris, just a little sidetrack. When Kamala mm -hmm. Harris was the DA of San Francisco, mm -hmm. she wanted to pass a law where mm -hmm. kids that were truant in school, mm -hmm. their parent would be arrested. Now yep. tell me how most of these parents, most of these kids are probably living in a one parent home already. Right. right. Lack mm -hmm. of lack of supervision, which is why they're not going to school. Yada, yada, yada. Right. Parents now you're going to throw off. Right. Now you're going to throw that parent in jail because their kid didn't show up. How's that going to help anybody? Now you just throw that kid in foster home. And then into jail. Yeah. And then into a for profit prison. Thank you. And that's one of the things that came up on the last panel we were on together is um, the statistic that um, the pub, the private prison system in, in the state of California, because that's what me and you are both familiar with. They judge uh, literacy rates in third grade. As a direct correlation to how many people are going to be dropouts, which is a direct correlation to how many prison beds they need. So they literally look, if you're a third grade, if, if so many, if uh, a certain number of third graders are not sufficient in reading skills, they build prison cells and beds to that number. So here they are predicting, well, this is how many jail cells we'll need. So just like you said, that, that school to prison pipeline is designed and it's working perfectly. You know what I'm perfectly. saying? It, oh, it's, it's humming working. on all cylinders. Yeah, and they've got that their machine is well out. oiled. Say How it. sick is that? How fucking disgusting is that? That we could be spending a tenth of that money mm. on bringing those people's, you know, on on educating those people. Right. Special ed, individual ed. Like I have dyslexia and ADHD. Right. So mm. all through school until I got into college, all through school, I thought I just oh I just can't do school. Right. But no, it's just if I don't care about it. I can't focus. Right. But what I, what I care about, I hyper focus, dude. Mm. Which is why, again, when we're talking about the school system based off the Prussian model, built by like coal, these huge industry leaders and elites, is it's specifically made so that you don't find your niche. You're not looking for your passion, Dave. You're not. No. You're not finding trade skills that you're passionate about that you're going to make a living for yourself. What you're doing is you're getting a basic sense of information that you can show that you can regurgitate, absorb, mm -hmm. and repeat information, which is Where exactly what Where was the battle of wounded knee? When yeah. did the battle of wounded knee happen? Exactly. Not, not, why did, not why did it happen? And like, what were what, the, 
What yeah, the I fuck mean, led to the Battle of Wounded Knee? And why you. was there even a battle? Why couldn't we get along? Why didn't we right. do democracy? Like, right. I thought we were all about democracy, which is diplomacy. Right. And again, when we took when we talk about the plus the plutocracy dividing the black and whites, which had a huge part in the school system, because like you said, we know who's writing the textbooks. And we know that just like you brought up in the Battle of Wounded Knee, we're, we're framing that entire discussion on a normacy of white nationalism as it's supposed to this, the, um, the manifest destiny doctrine, whereas we're oh, not including bullshit the voices. Narrative. We're not including right. the voices of the Native Americans. We're not including their point of view. We're not including their stories. We're not including okay. how they saw it. This is written strictly in a sense of how it relates to U.S. politics. So, yeah. And you need we're, to be able we're to basically, We're basically pissing all over it. Exactly. All, to all the over children. Their, their culture, the children. Their, exactly. Their, oh, my God. And cultures that had been here for tens of thousands of years, dude. Exactly, right? bro. There, there were no savages. Now it's, now, you know, yeah, I don't know. I'm super curious. So I go down the YouTube rabbit hole all the time. But mm. they're finding, they're excavating these mounds and finding oh, giants yes. in Ohio and Iowa. Da, da, da. And these are 50,000-year-old remains. Bro, right? why did you go there? The thing about oh. it is, is that as soon as they got to America, they had been uncovering these bones and burial mounds of giants since the 1800s, since the 1700s. And but back in the, yeah, and back in the late 1900s, newspapers and journalism was a lot more free than it is today. So there were yeah. many newspapers with pictures of these bones, art editorials, people asking, yo, what the fuck yes. is going on? But the Smithsonian Museum started buying up these bones and just burying, them hiding this, hiding this stuff. So that yep. to the point now, if you find some giant bones, trust. Like you said, Rupert Murdoch owns, what, 72 different newspapers? If he doesn't no, want 272. that 272. If he doesn't want that shit to get out, bro, it's not getting out. It's not like... You're not going to hear about it. You're you not going to hear, not about, hear it. about it. And just to what you're <clears> saying, <throat> as, as far as we're talking about the natives, is look, since the 1600s and 1700s, when the pilgrims and every other race was coming over here because the oral tradition was so strong. Native American elders were telling people about these giants with six digits on, on their both hands. They had six fingers and two rows of teeth and they had reddish hair. They had been yeah. telling this story to everyone, all of them. It wasn't a hoax to them. This was fact to them. And the America, the, the way we are, the way the American school system was built is these are savages. These are hoax. This stuff isn't true while they're actively burying the information. For example, Gobekli Tepli, which is a, a super old civilization that people didn't even know existed far beyond when we thought civilizations like that were being built. The Native Americans completely described this and told them exactly where it was. And again, we discredited them. We hid that. We didn't want the oh, public to know. It's, oh, it's a, a myth. myth. It's folklore, right? Um, so yeah, you're what absolutely right. You know what a myth is? It's mm. oral history. Yes. So oral history, and we're we're learning this that it's legit. I mean, there's this. Yep. So, dude, we, oh my god, we got we got so many commonalities. So, Darren Kuyu, you hip mm. to that? That mm -mm, something? I don't know that name. Okay, Darren Kuyu. They found this in off of the coast of India. Mm. I might be confusing it. So there's two. There's an underground city in Turkey that goes 12 stories underground and Holy has 20, 
20,000 people, and they estimate it was built 12,000 years ago. And there's oxygen oxygen shafts, square oxygen shafts that go down oh. to every single room. Like, how the fuck? We, we couldn't that's drill that crazy. today. Right? So, that's crazy. So and that exists. And then yeah. there's this sunken. Then there's this sunken city off. I think this is Darren Kuyu, the sunken city off of India. They found two sunken cities under, I think, 200 feet of water, where a river used to let into the ocean, but now, after sea level rise, after the end of the last ice age, mm-hmm. now the cities are underwater. But they carbon dated mm-hmm. it 9,500 years old. So we used to think societies, cities, six thousand, yeah, five, six yeah. thousand, right. Five six, so that everything's being rewritten, bro. Right, and, and and that's the tip of the iceberg. That's the tip of the iceberg. And the thing about uh, Gobekli Tepe, um, I think it's it's dated to be almost eleven thousand years old. And the thing is, this thing, this I think it's fifty thousand years old. You're right. I think I, I wanted Gobekli. to be conservative, but I think it is upwards of twenty thousand years old. The thing is, is though this city is was intentionally buried, bro. Right, but by the inhabitants, we don't know. By people shortly thereafter, it's been buried for thousands of years intentionally. That just shows you how little we know that a society upwards of twenty thousand years ago would have this amazing complex city built and would say, "Up, time to go," and intentionally bury it and move the fuck on. How many times has life and civilization been reset on this planet? We don't even know. And the reason this ties back into our education system is we're taught a very narrow band of history right and again it's primarily meant to divide white and black and all races really but primarily white and blacks and we know this because it's meant to divide everything socioeconomic right like you know a ferrari driving person is taught to look at you and me like fucking peasant right you know absolutely that's that's built into the commercials to everything exactly and that's what i was going to get into is like Charles Darwin, when he came out with the origin of species, thank you. This is where we see the white and black classifications come in. You no longer have Europeans who are coming here, uh, calling themselves. Well, what are you? Oh, I'm I'm German American. I'm Irish American. I'm Irish. I'm um, um, Portuguese. No, all of a sudden we have this broad term called white, which every all these people have to now fit into. Same thing with and black, what is- right? And what is white? Like nobody's really white. It makes white. no sense. Like, no, nobody's really looking, white or black. <laughs> I got I got this like bookshelf in front of me, and it's painted white, right? And it looks yeah. way different than I do. I'm like right. all peach. I'm all peachy colored. Like yeah. I, I, sun, I sunburn easy. Like, you right. Know? <laughs> right, right, right. But it's so important because that's where we see the hierarchy come into play. Uh, of course, right. blacks and Africans are at the very bottom. Um, and there's no such thing as black either, right? No I mean, such thing as black either. The, I mean, there's some take, people who are very, very, very dark, but it's not jet sure. black. Everybody's got a hint of red or a hint Thank of, you, you know, Thank exactly. You. And there's so, some motherfuckers that are light as hell, and, and exactly. that's still black. So, exactly. like, so it's not black, it's not white, and is anything in life or the universe black or white? Yes Thank or you. no? Thank no, you. it's not. No, no, nothing is. Especially in the natural world, we can come up with a, a pigment of paint or something white out and make it as white as possible. It's still not completely white. But in nature, when you see That's white rocks or something, it's just, it's so 
it's such a rich balance. But anyway, I say that yeah. to say that Irish, and so you have these rich elite people who are funding the explorers, who are fun, funding the archaeologists. Everything that they go out and find has to be whittled down to fit the narrative that they want to teach. And we know that Irish people were were put into that category of being less than the Aryans, less than other white people. Asiatic people were put at a certain rank. Black people were put at the bottom. This is literally a, a social hierarchy that was taught by an evolutionist, Charles Darwin. And then the other thing we think of when we're talking about the education system and the way it was built to teach us a certain mindset that is still prevalent today and is easy to make us be divided and conquered is we have to talk about uh, Sigmund Freud. And we have to talk about all the work he did in psycho, uh, psychoanalysis and the study of how the human works on a subconscious level, the iceberg theories, right? Mm -hmm. And once he started publishing his papers, first and foremost for the government, is he started saying, this is what people's unconscious centers are. These are people's bias. These are people's hidden desires. These are people's... Um, well, the, almost to a sense, the way you can manipulate people. And so when you look at ads from before Sigmund Freud, we see, here's a car, the car drives, buy it. We see, here's, this is, you know, a product, get the product. After Freud, we start to see then the commercials where the guy really- the, hot the, dogs, the, apple pie, USA. Yeah, well, exactly. But also we have the, 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 Calvin Klein looking white guy with the square jaw in a nice suit getting right. in a nice car with a hot yep. woman. What the fuck exactly. does any of that have to do with the car? Absolutely nothing. It's marketing. Nothing. And it pulls on your subconscious biases. And so we saw this all throughout the, the um, commercial industry. He revolutionary, uh, revolutionized it and they used his studies to manipulate humans and their train of thoughts and public opinion on so many levels. And you can see that oh, yeah. when you look at the history of the Phillips Morris cigarette brand, you're literally wow. selling people shit that kills them, but they market it as cool, sophisticated. It's healthy. Back in the day, they scientists would not say that smoking for you was bad, even though they knew it would. There was active citizen Dude, it based groups. It worked. It works so good. And the last thing I I'll smoked, say is I've been rambling as, for a minute. Go ahead. As a, as a kid, I smoked because I thought it was cool. As soon it's as they cool, allowed us. man. As soon as they allowed us to smoke in, wait for it, high school. We had a yeah. smoking section in high school when I went Shut to high school. Up. It wasn't cool anymore oh, then. Bro. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm like, so, what? I can do it? Oh, fuck. There's no fun there. Right. I'm trying to be a rebel here. I'm yeah, trying to be exactly. Fonzarelli. My dad but, was a minister. Trying to be a rebel over here. All right. Thanks for tuning into another episode and another thing with Dave. Please follow, subscribe, and share. I'm on all social media and another thing with Dave. And keep seeking the truth. <laughs>